Welcome to episode number 54 of Taking You to the Top. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Flowster. Flowster is a software platform that allows e-commerce companies to either build their own custom standard operating procedures or purchase pre-made ones that have already been proven to deliver quantifiable results to the bottom line. Join Rami in welcoming him to the show. If you have any questions for our guest today, please leave them in the comment section below. Also, if you'd like to get more data on any of our guests, please download the Taking You to the Top app from our website. That being said, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they built and launched their businesses. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Are you ready to take it to the top? All right, Trent, welcome to episode number 54 of Taking You to the Top. Thanks for joining me today. Rami, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. Um, Trent, if you wouldn't mind to get us started, if you could introduce yourself and maybe take us back, you know, to the beginning of your journey and how that journey has led you to founding Flowster. Sure. Well, my journey as an entrepreneur is a two-decade-long journey, but in the interest of brevity, we'll we'll skip a whole bunch of it. We'll say that I sold my first company when I was 38, and after that, I discovered the world of the internet and making money online, and I have been obsessed with that concept ever since because of the lifestyle that it affords me. Sure. And Many, many years ago, almost 10 years ago now, I started the podcast, The Bright Ideas Podcast. In 2016, I interviewed a fellow by the Dan, fellow by the name of Dan Metters on the show who was running an Amazon reseller business. I was fascinated with that. We started doing that business literally the day after I interviewed him. Okay. That company grew really quickly, has now been ranked twice on the Inc. 5000, near the top, actually, of the Inc. 5000 list okay. in the U.S. And as a result of my getting an invitation to speak at a conference to a room full of about 500 other Amazon resellers, um, my software company came to be. And the the quick Coles notes on that is I was I was up on stage and I said, Hey everybody, I, you know, I don't have anything to sell. I'm just going to explain to you how I took a very process driven approach to growth. And so I documented all of my business processes. And then I hired a little army of people from the Philippines to do the vast majority of the highly repetitive grunt work for me. And that yielded incredible results. So at the end of my talk, much to my surprise, uh, there was a large number of people in the audience who were either coming to the mics or coming up to me at the stage afterwards or sending me emails and sending me tweets, basically saying, look, you know, I loved your message. We'd love to be able to buy a copy of those processes because, you know, as you, as you explained from stage, it took you guys a year to develop them. And, you know, I don't really want to spend a year developing stuff that I could maybe buy from you. Right. 
And so we agreed to give it a, a test. And the test was a pretty big success. We sold about $410,000 worth of those processes in the first seven days. And oh, from wow. that moment on, I realized that I was going to get into the software business. And so I called my now co-founder and I said, look, this is what happened. Would you like to start the software company with me? And he said he'd already built and sold his software company. And he said, absolutely. And that is essentially what caused our company Flowster to be born. Okay. So back, back then when you did that 410K, you were on your own? Just I was on my own. Yeah, what we had created was not software. We had created content, okay. uh, all of these standard operating procedures, which are, it's a fancy word for a highly detailed checklist. Mm -hmm. And we'd put them into somebody else's software, a company that is now a competitor of ours. Because okay. I didn't know if people were really going to buy these things. I didn't know that that, that it was going to go as well as it did. So there was right. no reason at the beginning to build our own software. But after that first week uh, with so many people voting with their wallet, I had a, a very clear indication that this was going to be a product that I could probably sell many, many, many more times, which I now have. I've sold millions of dollars worth of it. And that's okay. why. So we, we, we started coding this, the software in the, I think it was like the middle beginning or middle of 2017. And it took a year, year and a half to get it to the point where, you know, it was ready. And then in the fall of 2018, we, we opened it up to the public. And, uh, and since then with not 10 cents even spent on advertising, although that mm -hmm. is about to change, um, <laughs> we've attracted about 5,000 users to the software. Wow. That's great. Well, so 2018 Flowster is launched. Would you mind telling us um, if someone joining Flowster today, what, what are they expecting? What, what does the company provide them with? So there's Flowster comes with basically two main parts. One is the software itself. And the okay. second main part is the content, the, 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 the workflows uh, or the playbooks, whatever you'd like to call them. So the software was designed to solve a simple problem. It gives someone the ability to, if they don't, if they don't download a playbook, which I'll get to in a minute, to basically create uh, a workflow or a standard operating procedure or a checklist. Those words are all kind of interchangeable. Right. And for all of the highly repetitive processes that are in their business, that they don't want to remember, they don't want to have to remember how to do these processes. They want, right. you know documented process so that they can build a team and scale and delegate. So that's what the software does. But what we realized very early on, pretty much from the beginning was that creating these processes is a lot of work and it's more work than most people want to do. So why don't we make it easy for them? Why don't we offer them a bunch of pre-made processes? And so that's what I had sold originally that, that, that $400,000 was selling a pre-made collection of processes, which is known as the wholesale e-commerce business systems or webs mm -hmm. for short. And so now we are continuing, we have this template library, we call it the marketplace in the software where there is an ever increasing number of pre-made workflows that once you sign up to use the software, you can just go and download them and add them to your account. And then you can edit them as you see fit. So if you want to know how to 
optimize a you know Facebook campaign or you want to know how to do some email marketing or you want to know how to do pretty much anything on Amazon pretty much anything in the world of e-commerce is is what we have and or are building pre-made processes for so with the combination of the software and the pre-made processes it gives a user the ability to instantly delegate work to somebody on their team. Like I literally, before our call, I was interviewing one of my customers because I do love to get their feedback. Right. And I said, you know, what's been the biggest, one of the biggest benefits for you? His name's Dennis. And Dennis said that I can literally hire somebody, not even spend five minutes of my time training them, create a user in the Flowster software, assign them a workflow, and they simply begin working because the workflows are detailed enough that there is no training required. If you can read, then you can follow the instructions in the workflow and you can perform the task that is required of you. Right. Okay. Uh, so that was the, the two sides are the software side and then the sort of blueprint ready-made for you blueprint. Correct. Okay. And how how is the revenue model set up? So is it like a SaaS based sort of membership? Yep, it's very okay. typical. So for for so we have, I mean, there's your basic monthly subscription for the software, and okay. then in the template library or what we call the marketplace, mm-hmm. there's a fair amount of free content in there as it stands today. And there's also some premium content there by third party sellers, and you would have to pay an additional fee for the premium content. Okay. And then we also have some other premium content that we sell, um, like my webs product, for example, which which is sold. People buy webs to get webs, and then they just kind of become a customer of the software because that's where the content lives. Um, in the case of somebody buying webs, they pay a one-time fee to get webs, and then they they pay a license, uh, like a user fee for the software. But going forward, we're actually making some changes to our pricing model now, and for most of the content that is available, it will be included in the marketplace at no charge. And then you just have to have the appropriate monthly subscription to give you access to the, the content that you want. And, you know, there's limit on the, on the various plans, there's limitations on how many templates you can have in your template library. So of course, if you okay. exceed that, then you would need to upgrade to the next plan and so forth. Sure. That makes sense. Okay, and uh, how, what does team size look like today? We're somewhere around, I say somewhere because I don't know the number of developers off the top of my head because I don't manage that team. Uh, okay. But we're somewhere around 15 people if we include you know, founders, co-founders, VP marketing, um, my wife who plays a role, a couple of virtual assistants who play a role in contractors, and then our, you know, our marketing team or our advertising guy, and then the developers mm-hmm. somewhere in the neighborhood of 15. Okay, and out of curiosity, the developers, are they in-house or are you outsourcing this? They are employees, but they're remote. They're mostly okay. in India. Okay, got it. All right, uh, Trent, I just want to briefly get into the economics just to understand how you started the company from a financial perspective. So was the company bootstrapped or did you have to raise capital? No, it's been bootstrapped. Uh, entirely to this point in time. I was the the co-founder and I essentially had enough uh, equity in our our net worth to be able to fund it to the point where it's at. And 
that looks like it's going to be able to continue for some time. Uh, we, I don't rule out raising money, but we don't need any right now. Okay. And would you, would you mind giving us maybe a range or just an idea of when you first decided to switch from the, let's say the hard copy version, the 400 K version to software, do you remember how much you spent initially to develop the first, let's say version of your software? Um, yeah, it was in the low six figures, low six figures. And was it all put into the development or did you have, have any other costs at that time? All development, all development. Okay. And, uh, what, what does ARR sort of look like today? Uh, ARR is also in the low six figures. Okay. Got it. Great. So I guess the, the next important question or the one that most people struggle with is how do we get first customers if, um, if word of mouth wasn't a factor? I know word of mouth is fantastic, but if you were to just you know, start from scratch today, what do you think would be the, the best first step to take to get your first client or customers? Well, that's an interesting question. There's a lot of ways to get your first, when you say your first customers, are you talking about like your first 50 users or are you talking your first, yeah. you know, 3,000 like, users? No, no, like up to a hundred, the first hundred customers. That, so I had the benefit of having a per personal brand and an audience. And okay. so for us getting our first few thousand users was actually pretty easy. Cause all I did was tell my, my listeners on my podcast, I said, Hey, I have the software, go sign up for it. And many of them did. And yeah. I, I mean, I literally, I didn't say it exactly that way, but more or less I talked about it a lot. Sure. So I didn't, I wasn't faced with the challenge that, you know, when you go through Y Combinator or any of the other incubators and you don't have the audience that I had, I actually, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would assume that most of them are doing a lot of manual outreach to everybody on their LinkedIn and everybody in their email inbox and, and wherever, but I just, I didn't, I was blessed in that I'd spent years building this audience. So I didn't, I didn't have to do that. Okay. But would, would you have an idea if you were, if you didn't have that audience, what you would have might, might've done? Um, I would have hung out in the online communities where my target customers hang out. And I would have done my very best to add as much value to those communities as possible. So I would not have been pitching my software. I would have been answering questions like mad. So right. as to establish to, so I could turn that tribe a little bit into my own audience. And sure. then as I was being the super helpful member of that community, invariably, people are going to private message me or maybe I'm going to be able to private message them. So I don't have to spam the group because that's not cool. You get kicked out right away. Right. Um, and from that, I would be able to transition to the conversation to, you know, Hey, I'm building this thing. I'd really love to get your feedback on this thing. Would you, would you be interested in doing a zoom call with me? And then I would literally do one-on-one -on -one demos and then I would try and get people signed up for it. Cool. And I would actually do all of that before I ever wrote even a line of code. Because sure. I think building a product and then trying to sell it is is bass backwards. I think you should try and sell something. You know, make make wireframes 
give people a demo of the wireframes. And then at the end of that demo, tell them for 50 bucks, you'll give them lifetime access forever, unlimited. It's 50 bucks, but there's no better vote than the vote of a credit card. And if you're doing those demos on your wireframes and you can't get 50 bucks from somebody, you don't have a product that you can sell. Absolutely. No, no, I agree with that. Okay, uh, Trent, earlier you mentioned that you haven't really gone hard into marketing yet. Uh, is that about to change? It actually just did change. On October the 1st, our, we, our VP of marketing started that for us as a six-figure hire. And I also had to give her a six-figure marketing budget, of course, to be able to lure <laughs> her on board. So sure. we went from you know essentially breaking even a small profit each month to now we're burning cash like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully I have the cash to be able to fund it for, for some time. Um, so yes, we are literally right at that point where, you know, she's come on board and she's like, my God, you guys don't even have like a color template thing figured out. You don't have this figured out. You don't have that figured out. <laughs> um, she's, <laughs> so she's building the, the foundation that is required for what I would call adult marketing. Right. Um, because the idea is to be able to grow the company without people knowing who I am. It cannot continue to grow because Trent is Trent and Trent is known for his podcast. Sure, that'll be some icing on the cake, but it needs to grow because we have a solution and messaging that resonates with the target audience and we have great advertising and we have, we're producing the right content and so forth and so on that has nothing to do with me personally. Absolutely. No, no, I agree with that. And which marketing channel did you end up going with? I mean, as a starter. Well, not just one. We are launching a podcast. We're doing SEO. We're advertising on Facebook. We are advertising on Google. We are creating content partnerships. We are creating partnerships with other SaaS companies. We, it's a, it's like full on attack mode in all channels or it's not all channels, but many channels. Okay. Then I guess it would be too early for me to say, which was, you know, which had the best return for you. Yeah. Maybe in a, that data yet. Exactly. Nope. Well, maybe ask in me, a follow-up. Ask me follow in 90 call. days. <laughs> sure. All right, Trent, we have uh, just enough time to uh, wrap up with the famous five. Are you okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And number one, uh, what would you say is your favorite business book? Well, probably my favorite business book is The E-Myth. The E-Myth. Okay. Uh, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? No, not one in particular, but being the host of a podcast where I'm continually interviewing CEOs, I am sure. regularly um, making use of the, the tactics and the strategies that I discover from my guests. Sure. Okay. Um, number three, what would you say is your favorite online tool for growing your business? Oh, Flowster, hands down. <laughs> I should say besides your own, do you use any other regular? Oh yeah, I, we use, we have a, a, a pretty decent tech stack. It includes, you know, Active Campaign and Optin Monster and WordPress and Zapier. Actually, do you know what? So favorite tool besides, okay, here we go, Zapier. Favorite tool yeah. is Zapier because I I love to automate as much as possible. And there's so much that I have automated that I could not have done without Zapier. Okay. Uh, just 
quick question. Zapier versus if this, then that. Um, I am familiar with and have used if this, then that a little bit. I don't, it doesn't have near the capabilities and the number of integrations that Zapier does. Now there are some other Zapier competitors that are coming up hard, uh, but I haven't used them a bunch. I'm, I'm quite happy with Zapier, so I continue to use it. Got it. All right. Um, number four, if you could give your 20 year old self a piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, slow down and be more patient. Results okay. take time. Got it. And the final question is how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I sleep like the dead. I get eight hours every night. Fantastic. All right, Trent, again, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope maybe a year from now we could have a follow-up call just to see where, you know, where Floster has grown to and what new things you're doing. Absolutely. I think that'd be great. Fantastic. Thank you very much Thanks for again. Me on. My pleasure. Thanks for watching today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of the available podcast platforms so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you have an extra minute, leaving a review would help us grow.